Good morning, church. It's so good to be here. My name's Brian. If, if, uh, if you're new to Alpine, I sure would love to meet you. I, it's been a minute since I've been here to teach, and I'm excited to be here. This is my home campus because I live just two miles from here, right here in Riverdale. So I love being here, especially when it's snowing. It's a short commute, and it's good. So extra credit to, to all of you who came today. You made it. All right, so we're in the, we're in the book of Mark uh, this series is we're going through the gospel of Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Those are the first four books in the New Testament. Those are called the gospels because they tell the good news about Jesus Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Mark is the shortest one, and, uh, and yet it's action-packed, and, and we've been kind of going through this. We're in, I think, week five maybe so far. We've got a couple more weeks still just in chapter one. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can turn to Mark chapter one, verses 21 to 28, that's where we're going to be camped today, and we're going to be talking today about the authority of Jesus, because this is the story in this passage, and we'll be reading mostly from the New Living Translation. This is the story where Jesus goes into a synagogue, and he encounters a demon-possessed man, and he casts out a demon. It's really cool. It's a really cool story. So you read that. You might read these verses. You might read the story and, and just kind of pass over, sort of skip over the significance of the story. So we're going to read it in just a moment. But before we read it, I want to start with just a question for you. I, I want to ask this question. And young people in particular, I want you to pay attention to this question if you're young. So young is 50 and under. Anyone who's young, uh, we're all, so we're all young people. So all of us, 50 and under, um, this is the question for you. How do you respond to authority figures? I mean, it's just, I want you to kind of have that in the back of your mind as we look at, as we're about ready to look at this passage. How do you respond to authority figures? And, and really a follow-up question to that is who has real authority in your life? Now, again, if you're a young person, like legitimately a young person, if you're like in high school or junior high or something like that, I think you might, when you think about an authority figure, you probably think about maybe teachers or parents or pastors or judges, like people in robes and with gavels, maybe when you, or like a, maybe a police officer. That's probably what you think about when you think about an authority figure. And certainly those are authority figures, for sure. And probably your response to authority figures is a little bit mixed. We all have just a little bit of rebellion in us, right? So you might have just a little bit of like, you want to go toe-to-toe with your parents, or you're still, you're still not really sure how smart your parents are. You feel like you're smarter than them, right? So if you're in your teenage years, that's probably how you're thinking. But you'll grow out of that. And you'll realize that you really don't know anything. And you're a complete moron. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Seriously, that's not what I think about you young people. I'm just totally, I just had to throw that out there to test it a little bit. No, but you do. I think we, I think the younger we are, I think sometimes we look up at authority figures and we're not really sure if they should, if they should deserve our respect. We're we're not, you know, when they say something to us, we're like, "Eh, I'll take it under advisement. Like, I'll think about it, right? We'll see. And the, but the older we get and, and then the more we, the more we then have to sort of shift into being a little bit more of an authority figure, we realize that we have ownership of our lives. We realize people, you know, people look up to us. When you, be, you become a parent, right, pretty soon you start realizing, like, how hard it is um, to speak with authority and how hard it is when somebody rejects your authority. 
So anyway, so if you're, if you're a young person today, again, junior high, high school, even college age people, you might be thinking about authority figures in those terms, and you're, you're probably still figuring out how you're interacting with authority figures. But, but I really want to look at the second question here, because who has real authority in your life is something you probably haven't thought about, because the truth is, you give people authority in your life, even though you might not view them as authority figures. See, anyone you listen to, anyone you listen to, you're giving authority to. So really, an authority figure for you, if you're honest, like the, bit, the better way to ask that, kind of the hipper way to ask that for this generation is who influences you? That might be a little bit of a different question, like, who influences you? Who do you allow to influence you? Now, obviously, in today's day and age with social media, then there's a word for that. Like, we have a word called influencers. So we have all these influencers. And the crazy thing about influencers today is they don't have to have, they don't have, to have any kind of wisdom. They don't have to have any kind of knowledge. All they have to have is a big platform. Or maybe they can throw a football really well. And so now I'm going to listen to them about life. Or maybe they're just really cute, young people. Maybe they're just really hot, right? Or, they've, or they're whatever, like they look a certain way and they fit a certain mold. And so, so you say, okay, I'm going to let them, I'm gonna let them in, influence me. Like, she's beautiful, so she must also know truth, which is the stupidest thing anyone ever thought. But yet that's how influencers work, right? You have a platform because of, because of a skill, because of a body type, because of a whatever. You have a platform, maybe just because you're, you're just lucky. Or, okay, I don't want the old people to be, off the hook, to be let off the hook here. So for us older people, we're like, well, we don't fall for that. Like, the names on a list, if we're talking about names on a list, I'm not going to put Taylor Swift on my list. Like, who is she? Who cares if she could sell out stadiums and get all these people to come swoon over her? Like, who is she to me? Like, I'm way smarter than that. She doesn't get to influence me. But, but old people, who would be on your list then? Because probably you have just as unworthy people. And when I say unworthy, I just mean, like, unworthy of, like, telling you what to think. Telling you what to believe. Like what, I remember years ago, Angelina Jolie started saying stuff. Young people, that's like, that was like a Taylor Swift kind of person for our generation. Like she was like saying stuff, like getting out there and being an activist about stuff and like being all authoritative. I'm like, who, like what gives her the right? What gives her the right, the right to say all this stuff? Why are all these people listening to us? And then Taylor Swift, I don't, I'm not picking on Taylor Swift here, but like, okay, for old people, like Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey, like, who cares? Like, who cares what she said? Why does she, why does everybody pay attention to her? But for many of us now, it's like maybe a politician. It, it's maybe a president like Joe Biden or, and I'm not picking on Joe Biden. I'm going to throw in there Donald Trump as well. Or you can name any kind of president, like, so they're the most powerful person in the world. And, and so then, does that automatically mean that they should tell me what to think? How to believe? Back to young people. 
There are so many things in our culture today. There are, there are so many questions in our culture. There are so many decisions that you young people, more than I had when I was a young person, that you have to make a decision on. Like, what are you going to believe about this thing? What are you going to believe about this thing? And then how am I going to... How am I going to act now because of what I believe about this thing? And young people, I just, before we even get to the text, I really, I'm spending time on this because I really want you to have context for what we're about to look at in the synagogue with Jesus and this demon-possessed man. Because I want you to become self-aware about who you allow to influence you. You are allowing people to influence you. You might not even be consciously aware of it. You are allowing people to influence you who truly genuinely have no authority, genuinely have no authority, and yet you're giving them authority. They're, they're a name on a list, if you think about these in terms of who are the most influential people, they're a name on a list for you, and, and what I want you to understand today is they shouldn't be there. And again, I'm not trying to pick on any one of these influencers, it's not their fault. But there's something about the human condition where, where we, we allow the we allow the most unqualified people to teach us and to have authority over us. And you you get to, here's the cool thing is, you get to decide who has authority over you. You get to decide that. But I want you to be aware of the decisions you've probably already been making. And some of us maybe can make a course correction. So here's the first thing we're going to learn. Jesus gets the final say on how we think. Like if you're, a, I'm speaking to followers of Jesus right now, and if you're here today and, and you're, you're dipping your toe in the water, maybe you're not a Christian yet, you would still consider yourself to be unaffiliated. We're so glad you're here. And so, so this point really isn't for you. I'm talking to the Christians in the room and the people who are going to become Christians. The people who are dipping their toe in the water and trying to figure out what they believe about this. When you become a Christian, Jesus gets the final say on how we think. All right. Let's look at it. We get this from Mark chapter 1. Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum, and when the Sabbath day came, that was, that was the day when they would go to the synagogue together and worship at the synagogue, he went into the synagogue and he began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught as one with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. I want you to focus in on that right there. He taught with real authority. Now, we, we don't, most of you probably don't really understand how this worked back then 2,000 years ago, but 2,000 years ago in, this, in a synagogue, the place of worship for Jewish people, they would come together. And, you know, like a Pharisee or the teacher of the law, those kinds of people, the, the people that looked like the real authorities, the people that had all the, the right clothing on, the people that dressed the right way, the people that went to the right schools, the people that did all the, the studying of the, they wouldn't have had the New Testament, but it would have been the Old Testament, all the studying of the Torah, the studying of the first five books of the New Testament, the books of Moses, like the, the studying of Proverbs and Psalms and the prophets and all that stuff, like these so these teachers of the law would have been literally religious experts, religious experts on this kind of information. But here's the thing. They had no relationship with the God behind it. Do you know that even today there are people who have seminary degrees who don't even know Jesus? They've got all this head knowledge, and I've met some of these people. They've got all this head knowledge, 
but it's, it's really more like a course. It's more, it's more like a class. It, it doesn't impact their lives, and it, it, doesn't, it hasn't created a relationship with Jesus. In fact, Jesus spoke to these guys later on. Jesus spoke to these guys, and he said, you, you look to the scriptures, you read the scriptures every day, but you don't even realize that the scriptures are all about me. And that was the religious teachers. That was the teach, those were the teachers of the law. So here these guys are going into the synagogue, doing all this teaching day in and day, you know, every week, doing all this teaching. And then, and then Jesus shows up. Now look, we're only in Mark chapter 1, verse 21. We're 21 verses into Mark's gospel. So we don't know a whole lot about Jesus' qualifications just yet from the vantage point of Mark's gospel. But what we do know is this, is for 30 years he grew up in obscurity, the son of a carpenter. Jesus, Jesus was 30 years old, and he didn't go to school. He didn't go to school. He wasn't a Pharisee or religious leader. He had no qualifications. So when he stood up there and started teaching, here's the difference is he understands all of this. There's a few reasons that, that he could teach with real authority. Number one is he's the creator of everything. And if you want to know how something works, you should ask the creator of that thing. Like, if I want to know how Tesla works, I would sure would love to sit down with Elon Musk and talk to him about Teslas and, and see how that whole thing works. If I want to know how a toilet works, I'm going to sit down and talk with a plumber about that because he's going to have some knowledge about that. But see, he, Jesus is even better than the plumber. It's, not, it's more than just his knowledge that he has, and Jesus is God, so he is omniscient. He's all-knowing. But he's the creator of the whole world, and he's the creator of all of us, and so it shouldn't surprise us that Jesus would speak with real authority because he made us. He knows how we work. But that was so different from the, relig- the teachers of the religious law. They got up there and just, just talked about whatever. I mean, who knows what they talked about, but there was no authority behind what they were speaking. And Jesus shows up, this obscure guy with really no credentials, and he blows their minds. He teaches with real authority. You know, if you have an influencer on your list, if you've got a name of an influencer on your list, maybe the reason is because you're like, but they seem, it seems like they really know what they're talking about. They're very passionate about what they're talking about, or they're really loud about what they're talking about, or they have a lot of followers whenever they talk about something, and those things aren't the reason. That's not what gives someone real authority. Jesus has real authority because he's the creator of all things and he's the omniscient, all-knowing, morally perfect God of the universe. Now, the way that this really applies to us today then is that we, you know, when we say, well, where does Jesus speak to us today? One of the main places Jesus speaks to us today is in his word. Paul said it like this in 2 Timothy 3. He says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. So, you know who should be the influencer? How should Jesus get to tell us how to think? He should tell us how to think by submitting ourselves to his word. Our first value as a church is we look to God and his word in all that we do. So that means that if we come together as a pastoral team and we're having a debate about this, that, or the other thing, I don't really care what Eric has to say about it, honestly. Like, Eric's a great guy, but I don't really care what his opinion is. I and he doesn't care what my opinion is at the end of the day. We both care about what God's opinion is. 
Now, sometimes that means we need to look at what God's opinion is. We need to study it together. We need to debate it. We need to say, what's, what is it really trying to say here? But at the end of the day, everyone around that table, we're all saying we want to submit to God and his word, and it tells us how to think. We don't tell ourselves how to think. And I'll be honest, there are some things in there that I don't, that I wish God didn't say. There are some things in Scripture, and you'll see this as you become, if you're a follower of Jesus, you'll read Scripture, and you'll be like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like what God says right there. It doesn't line up with my culture. It doesn't line up, like what God's word says about gender and sexuality, guys, it doesn't line up with the prevailing culture. Young people hear this. What God's word has to say about gender and sexuality for you or for your friends or whatever does not line up with the prevailing culture right now. And in 10 years, it's going to be even worse. So what are we to do with that? Well, Jesus gets to decide how we think. What we do with that, at least me and my house, is we're going to submit ourselves to God's word. We're going to say, look, I'm not going to allow a decade or less of popular thinking to overrule God's word, God's word, thousands of years of truth right here in God's word. As for me and my house, we're going to let God tell us how to think. Even if we don't like it, even if our culture doesn't like it, we're going to let God tell us how to think about gender, about sexuality, about abortion. Some of you might say, oh, he's getting political. These aren't political things. These are biblical things. I'm not taking any kind of stand politically. I'm just saying God's word, God's word gets to tell me how to think. And this is how it's going to be for this church is God's word is ultimate. Because Jesus taught with real authority. And then we go on and, and we see then that leads to the next thing is that Jesus gets the final say on how we live. Because, because this whole Christianity thing isn't just like an intellectual pursuit. The whole Christianity thing should impact our lives, the way we live. And here's a perfect example of it in this story. Let's go back to the story. Here's what it says. Suddenly, okay, so there Jesus is preaching. It doesn't even tell us what he's preaching. Because that's not even the point Mark's trying to make. He's just saying he has authority. And he preached with authority. And then it says that suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Now this is really interesting. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now I just, just a couple, we don't have a lot of time, but a couple quick questions. Like, why did this guy never speak up before? Why did this evil spirit never speak out before? Because the religious teachers of the law didn't say anything that the evil spirit had a problem with. So here Jesus comes with real authority, preaches with real authority, and all of a sudden this what happens is it stirs it up a little bit. Like you're going to find out, you're drawing the line in the sand and you're going to find out who's for you and who's against you. And I love it that this, this man who's possessed by an evil spirit cries out, why are you interfering with us? Like, this was in the synagogue. Do you see the demon? The demon is saying, like, we were all cool before you showed up. <laughs> we were just fine before you showed up and started talking about the good news and the kingdom of heaven. And now all of us, like, why are you messing with this? And this is so true. Even in, our, in many churches today, if God's word isn't being taught in, God's, in the churches today, the enemy has no problem with that. The enemy has a problem with the stuff that we teach 
because we're trying to be faithful to God and his word. And I love what happens next. Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet. Come out of the man. So he's talking to the demon who's possessing the man who is a part of the synagogue. Jesus isn't talking to the man. He's talking to the demon who's possessing the man. And he says, be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered. And at that, the evil spirit screamed, threw the man into a convulsion, and then came out of him. Oh, what a cool story. Here's what what we learned from this. That even the demons obey. The demon demon had to obey Jesus' authority. Jesus' authority wasn't just in word. Jesus' authority, at least for the demon, was in deed. That the demon, against his will, the demon had to obey. Think about what the demon represents here. Here, I'm going to give another word for the demon. The demon is an influencer. I mean, that's what demon possession meant. Demon possession meant that this, here this guy was who allowed, who allowed this outside influence, this outside spiritual influence, he allowed this outside spiritual influence to have, to have some influence on his life, and he opened the door to it so much that he eventually was possessed by the demon. That means he was property of the demon. The demon had, and I'm sure it didn't start this way, the demon had a little bit of influence. Satan had a little bit of influence in this guy's life. We don't know exactly how that all happened, but this is just how demon possession works. And over time, he was given over so that this guy didn't even have any authority anymore. The demon had all the authority. Now, doesn't that scare us a little bit? Like, doesn't that make us go back to the opening question, young people and old people, like, be careful who you allow to have influence in your life because it could turn into possession. (laughs) I'm not calling Taylor Swift a demon. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that outside influence can begin to possess you. And we have seen this in so many young people's lives where they, they, listen, they listen to these small little lies and pretty soon they're totally given over to that influence. And that was the case here. But here's what I love about it is Jesus has authority over that demon. And Jesus said, come out of that man. And he did. The demon could not disobey Jesus. And amazement gripped the audience and they began to discuss what had happened. I love this. What sort of new teaching is this? It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. And the news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. Here's kind of the the point. This is all driving to just a real, real simple point. The day is coming when everyone will submit to the only real authority in the universe. See, here's, here's the difference between you and the demon, us and the demon. We, for some reason, God, God doesn't generally like force us to obey him now like he did for the demon. Like he forced the demon to obey. The demon knew who he was. The demon had to obey. The demon came out of the man. But for us, when God tells us to do something, and he tells us to do something all the time right here in his word, when he tells us to do something, when he tells us how to think, when he tells us how to live, we, what we can do, God lets us do this right now, what we can do is we can say, hmm, I'll think about it, God, I'll think about it. I see what your word says, but I see what the world says, 
And I'm kind of between the two right now. I've kind of got a foot, one foot in your word and one foot in the world, and I'll think about it. I'll think about it. And over time, we let the influence of the world win out, and so then we come over here. And see, Jesus isn't going to force us like he forced the demon. He isn't going to force us to be obedient to him. That's just not how he works with human beings. He works that way with demons, but he doesn't work that way with human beings. He gives us free will. He gives us the ability to choose. Now, he gives us the ability to choose our influencers. He lets us make our decision, but just like we say to our kids, and parents, you can write this one down. This is a good one. You're free to make your choices, but you're not free to choose your consequences. So you're free to make your choices, but you don't have the authority to decide the consequences of those choices. You're not that authoritative. So here in this life, in this world, you can make choices and so many people make the wrong choice in this world. So many people decide to follow the wrong person. So many people put the wrong name at the top of the list. Here's my list of influencers and that's the name. These are the people that I'm gonna pay attention. These are, these are the people that I've decided to give authority to in my life. But there's coming a day, and Paul talks about it in Philippians. There's coming a day when you won't have that choice anymore. Philippians 2, 9 through 11, therefore God elevated Jesus to the place of highest honor and gave Jesus, I love this, the name above all. All those names on your list, there's coming a day. We all come to God with our own list. Here's my list of influencers. Here's who I've let influence me, and here's who's at the top of my list, and maybe God's not even anywhere on that list. But someday, someday, Jesus' name will be the name above all of the names on that list. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in submission. That means he is the ultimate authority in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declared that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's coming a day when you will submit like the demon did, whether you want to or not. Young people, I want you to hear this, but old people too. There's coming a day when you will submit to Jesus. That's not a threat. That's just a, you can take it to the bank because it's in the word of God. There's coming a day when you will submit to Jesus. Why not do it now? Like, why not submit to him now? Why not put his name at the top of the list now? Why not say, you get to be the authority in my life. I'm not going to let anyone else have that place anymore. I'm not going to let anyone else influence me like that anymore. You get to be the authority in my life. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life now. Why not bow a knee to Jesus today? He is the only real authority in the universe. Let's pray together. Father, I pray today that you would allow us to submit to you now. It's so hard. We've got all these other influencers. We've got all these other voices in our head, voices in our culture and society. There, there are so many directions that we can run. It seems like there's a new flavor every month. But God, I pray that we, and I really, I really especially pray for our young people today, that we would be aware of who we're giving authority to, 
that we would be aware that we're giving, we're handing over the keys to the kingdom to people who are not worthy. You alone are worthy. You alone deserve to be bowed to. You alone have the right to tell us how to think. You alone should have the final say with how we live. You're the one that we should be obeying. And God, I pray today that young people and old people, all of us, Lord, that we would all, that we would all just pause and reflect and look at our list and make sure you're at the top of the list. There's gonna be other influencers in our life, good and bad, but Jesus, I pray that you would be at the top of the list. May we submit to the only real authority in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that's Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his name, amen.